This is Central Control Room. Stand by. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, Tim. Hi, Derek. I, I hate to tell you this, Tim, but unfortunately, you have a little hullabaloo on your shirt there. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. What do I do with it? It's rather unsightly. Yeah, what you do with it is we do what we always do on these things. You get that hullabaloo off your chest. <laughs> do I use seltzer or should I use a little bit of that Billy Mays stuff? No, no, no. You always <laughs> use Windex. Oh, Windex. Yeah, Windex yeah. is the best for all of that. I'm going to put some tussin on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just going to stain it worse. But anyway, who are you? I'm Tim. Yes, and I'm Silky Voice Derek. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And what is this? This is uh, Transmissions from the Forbidden Planet podcasting. Uh, sure, yes. Hollywood Hullabaloo edition. So this is for? Yeah, this is for April of 2023. Hollywood Hullabaloo, the news. Hollywood the news. news. Here we go. Here it is. Michael Mann doing uh, Heat 2. Apparently, he's throwing it out there. I don't know if this has got official traction from a, a distributor behind him, which would have to be Warner Brothers because they own the original Heat. Right. So I don't know if Warner Brothers is actually going to pony up money for this uh, sequel to Heat. I think the reason they're talking about it is because I think maybe six, seven months ago, he released, he wrote a novel. Right. Uh, and it's kind of like a prequel to... The, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it jumps yeah, time. It's a sequel, prequel, yeah. Yeah, right. Obviously, at the end of Heat, spoiler alert, somebody dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's death at the end of it. You go figure it out you, for, for yourself. yourself. Right. One of the deaths doesn't belong to uh, Val Kilmer, which apparently that character they follow yeah. in the sequel of the book, which can't happen in the movie for some reason. Oh, they're mm. going to have to recast that. <laughs> That's right. Apparently. This is just, again, probably speculation. I'm not 100% sure this is coming from his mouth, but they're saying that there's talks about him wanting Gerard Butler for the part. So... Hmm. Well, that's dramatic recasting. Right, yeah. I think Michael Mann held up a picture of Val Kilmer and said, who can I cast that doesn't look anything like it? <laughs> yeah. The, like, <laughs> I, like I met, I said a few Hollywood hullabaloos about Adam Driver playing Enzo Ferrari. He looks nothing like him. <laughs> right. Okay. And he just... He's just worked with Adam Driver, and apparently he's also in contention to be playing a character. I don't know if he's supposed to be playing, like, a prequel character of I would Al think, Pacino. I guess what comes to my mind is him trying to do a young Robert De Niro character. Oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe a De Niro. Yeah, I could see that a little more than a Pacino. But that might be too obvious for Michael Mann, and he's got to do what doesn't seem right. right. <laughs> he's just like, I want him to play Tom Sizemore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Yeah. yeah R. I. Right. He just passed away. That's a horrible thing. Yeah. Kind of like one of those guys that you're surprised he hadn't died already. <laughs> right. Yeah. He he had a rough ride in Hollywood. Yeah, he did. And in life too. Yeah. Uh. So, it's also supposed to be following. The character of Vincent, apparently in the book, is in there, which Vincent is played by Al Pacino. Right, the, the cop, yeah. Right. To see how Al Pacino looks now, <laughs> it's right. going to be difficult to to cast him again. I mean, I guess they could do some uh, Irishman de-aging. Yeah. And... <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't see Michael Mann going for that. I hope he doesn't too, because eighty-year-old uh, man moves like an eighty-year-old man. Exactly right. Yeah. Well, and and so, and uh, yeah, I just something about Michael Mann's um, style and his right. his oeuvre, <laughs> whatever. It just he, right. it doesn't lend me to a lot of uh, special effects to do something like that. 
Right, right, right. And then the most recent thing that's come out about it, too, is one of the main characters is apparently they're looking for an actress to play. So I don't know if that's actually a part of the book or maybe he's rewriting something or whatever, but they're looking at actresses and hmm. there are a few bigger names on there. Uh, not related uh, to the movie, not related to Ashley Judd's character. I don't know. They had, they didn't mention who the, that person would be playing, but mm-hmm. they are saying that. Like that actress who just became pretty big right now. I don't know her name, but who played Wednesday in that uh, mm-hmm. Adam's Family Netflix show. Oh, you mean Ag- Jenna Ortega? Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She was That's just in the, this, these Scream movies too, the new ones. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, good for her. She's got a little <laughs> that, career. That didn't sound her. condescending at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not a fan of those Scream movies. So no, I'm me saying neither. good for her. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, maybe she'll end up in a uh, Michael Mann movie with none of the original cast. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. So Michael Mann was on uh, Marin's podcast about seven months ago promoting the book. Oh, okay. And um, I remember thinking, well, this sounds like he's putting feelers out to make a sequel to the movie. And I'm, right. it's one of those things where it's like aging director, maybe he's grasping at straws for some of his glory days kind of thing. He needs a hit because he hasn't had a hit in a very long time. Right. Him talking yeah. the way he talks, he's all very confident and like, I've been yeah. always wanted to do this kind of thing. And, right. you know, we'll see. He's a smart guy. He's a smart guy. All right. So hopefully, you know, if it if it comes out, let's see if it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> well said. That was me being condescending <laughs> this time. <laughs> we mentioned recently on a uh, past Hollywood Hullabaloo that David Gordon Green was going to do an Exorcist movie, and I was kind of like not on board and was kind of making yeah. jokes about you know how he he obviously got jamie lee curtis oscar winner jamie lee curtis to <laughs> yeah. uh reprise a role in halloween and is he gonna what is he gonna do bring back linda blair for the exorcist and i, re- I remember saying don't give him ideas Tim. <laughs> well, guess, guess what, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it turns out linda blair's coming back for the exorcist it oh. turns out david gordon green is a fan of transmissions from the forbidden <laughs> planet so thanks for listening yeah spread the word (laughs) please (laughs) yeah so that's a little depressing to hear i mean i i don't know i guess probably not for linda blair no (laughs) i mean right outside of repossessed and uh ruckus i can't think of a whole lot of other things she's done she's holding out for ruckus too or repossessed too i know for sure yeah right well dirk benedict should be dead if he isn't and uh (laughs) leslie nielsen is for sure dead Uh, they'll just get liam neeson i was just gonna say that so there you go i mean they got the they had already announced that they were bringing back the woman who played the mom in the original exorcist so now i guess you mean ellen ellen bernstein yeah she's gonna she's gonna be in it too yeah she's alive everyone in case you didn't know that right and she's gonna be in this new exorcist movie he's doing and apparently now they're bringing back linda blair wow that's crazy yeah because that would i mean by now if linda blair had had kids her she would be a grandma those kids would have had kids which would make ellen bernstein from the exorcist a great grandma yeah She's a hundred and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, I, I know I keep saying this, but she was on Marin about a year ago. Uh, Ellen Bernstein okay. was, and she still works a lot. I remember seeing her in, in a few things actually more recently. So yeah. that's why I was just surprised that they got her back. Cause I remember reading stories about her not ha- being particularly fond of that particular role. So, but yeah. money talks, right? <laughs> yeah. And bullshit walks. Well, uh, she was telling stories about that on the Marin show. She got hurt a lot, physically yeah. hurt, like uh, hurt her back really bad, being right. thrown around and stuff. On some of the, some of the like cable stunts where she was being thrown across the room and she wasn't ready. And and I, right. yeah, I, so that's yeah, part well, of William it. William Freakin back in the, back in those days, early seventies. William Freakin, if he didn't like your take, he'd come up and slap you in the face <laughs> and say, "Do it better." <laughs> yeah, exactly. O- old Hollywood. Old Hollywood days. Right, there. yeah. Nobody misses that. So there you go. 
run out and see that one when it comes because <laughs> because we won't <laughs> yeah so you guys are gonna have to fit the bill on that and tell us how much you love it and we're just gonna Yay. sit there with our arms crossed and shaking our heads shaking our head and saying we're gonna wait for scream 17 <laughs> yeah with jenna ortega's daughter <laughs> <laughs> And Chong. Did you ever watch those Cheech and Chong movies back in the day? I have, but I don't remember much of about them, but I did oh, remember I watching it. them. 420, yeah. huh? Wow. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. I remember seeing them on, like, you know, late nights, mom's asleep, there's Cheech and Chong movies on, that means there's going to be boobs in this. There was a pirate movie they did. I think I was more, yeah. I had seen that more than I saw their, uh, you know, stoner movies. Oh really? <laughs> I think it, yeah. I don't. It was just one of those ones that was like when I'm, I'm nine years old. It was on loop on HBO, and I watched it over right. and over again. <laughs> it was called the Corsican Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that was right around when they split. I think that was the movie they did right before they split and went right. their own ways. Right. And Cheech went on to do a bunch of movies, and Chong went on to do uh, Prison Time. <laughs> he went to jail for a while for. <laughs> oh okay. Yeah. And then he did the 70s show, I think, for a while. Oh, that's and, right, uh, yeah. So on and so forth. Yeah, so they're doing a bio flick. Right, because they were stand-up comedians before. Yeah. They got recognized as stand-up comedians. Improv actors, too. I think they were part of the Groundlings back in the 70s, right. the original group. Yeah, so they became like, uh, they teamed up together, Cheech and Chong did, and then they became a little comedy duo that toured around. They had great records, too. They were The records... The album is what really set up their, their fan base, and then off of the success of those albums. Yeah, they made the movies. The stoner movies, yeah. I literally, in my TikTok feed, I've been getting the ones where the, the I can't remember which one it is, but it's the one where the, they have that work van, and then they get into the hood, and then they start hitting everything, and it turns into a lowrider, and then their the whole back end <laughs> is bouncing and all that stuff. The pipes, he's got the magnetic diamond window he throws up on it and all that. <laughs> so, those movies are pretty funny. Those guys are great. Yeah, yeah. No, for, uh, I remember being a kid and flipping through the channels and seeing a movie of theirs called Nice Dreams. And in that movie, I think he was in a few of the movies, I, re I realized that was Pee Wee Herman, Paul uh, Rubin, a.k.a. Right. Paul yeah. Rubens. I'm not sorry I stole the money. <laughs> right. Yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, seeing that and being like, is Pee Wee not being Pee Wee in this? Yeah, right, <laughs> right, yeah. But yeah, I saw that uh, little blurb that they were going to be doing a biopic on Cheech and Chong and how they got started and everything. And they were an interesting duo when they were together, had a lot of success when they first got together. They got into movies and got really popular. Mm -hmm. And then like you know, a lot of comedians that get into movies, they started to lose their fame and kind of go their right. own ways thing. Well, and duos too. Duos, they just want to go. And Cheech, I think he became a pretty you know regular working actor in yeah. Hollywood between... Both TV and movies, yeah. you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, he had, <laughs> he was on that Nash Bridges show with uh, Don Johnson for a while, and then he had a little bit of music stuff. Um, oh, that sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah. Um, Keep on knocking, but you can't come in. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, I mean, Cheech also had that whole Born in East L.A. thing that I think did pretty well for him. Right, I'm sure. Here's an interesting headline. Peaky Blinders creator Stephen Knight is to uh, write a, a new Star Wars movie, which mm -hmm. is, that's interesting. Well, this is coming off the news. Well, I mean, it's been going on for a while, actually, but uh, they've been laying off people and directors and writers that are supposed to do movies for them left and right. I mean, it's been going on for quite a while, and they just did another like two or three not too long ago, a couple months ago. Is, is Rian Johnson still on his trilogy, or did that get let go? No, that's one of the ones that uh, got the boot. Yeah, okay. So that's no more. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I think everyone took a collective sigh when that one happened. But yeah, his trilogy's dead. And then uh, Patty Jenkins, the director who did uh, the two Wonder Woman movies, she right. was hired to do, uh, I think it's called Red Squadron. And she worked a while on that one, and then that one fell through. So that was given a boot by Kathleen Kennedy. 
And then, uh, Mr. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows and Thor. Um, oh, uh, Taika Waititi. Yeah, yeah. He was working on a film for Star Wars as well, and I think he was even going to star in it. Right. And there's two reports out that he's still on. He's one of the ones that didn't get the boot. And then another report is saying that he did get the boot and his project is dead. So who knows about that one? Right, because because that last Thor movie, I think, didn't <laughs> right. do so great, right? Yeah, and I, can, I can understand there are cold feet. Yeah. After that. I mean, that seems to be the trend where, right. you know, the, 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 the writers and directors that they're hiring over the past 10 years have, that have had some success right. in other, obviously, IPs, and then all of a sudden they don't have success in an IP really strongly, right. and then they drop them, like the Joss Trank thing with right. Fantastic Four, and, uh, you know, there's a few others can't think of the at the moment. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, guys. Yeah. yeah. Beniff and Wynoff. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. They were like, we might want to reconsider these two guys. Hey, let's 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 get off. Get uh, off Game of Thrones. Right. Right. And then, I mean, they did the same thing with Ryan Johnson, too, where they were just like, hey, remember when we asked you to do that thing <laughs> or that those trilogy of films? Um, yeah. Go make Knives Out. <laughs> go make a. Um, Maybe do more than one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy's like, yeah, I think you should do a couple of those. <laughs> right. In fact, forget we talked. We were going to concentrate on TV. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, I, I wonder, uh, you know, what sensibility he could bring to it, because obviously Peaky Blinders is, it's very, um, I love it. I love Peaky Blinders. Um, yeah. It's very stylized, obviously, and very soundtrack mm-hmm. oriented, which is not a Star Wars thing, you know, kind of like, a, right. you know, like a Scorsese Tarantino fashion, you know, they use popular right. music to set a tone, and and totally. you know the fashion sense in that show is fucking cool as shit. <laughs> right. And of course, uh, Tom Hardy as Alfie is the shit. Oh, I fucking love yeah. him in that. I wonder yeah. if that would end up meaning Tom Hardy might show up in a Star Wars movie. Hmm, he might. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Well, I mean, it's good if he, we get good Tom Hardy, and if we, unless we get, uh, <laughs> yeah, Venom Tom Hardy. Hey, no thanks. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, getting someone like Stephen Knight, who's over Peaky Blinders. I mean, when I read that headline, I of course I, I I'm hopeful for it because the trajectory they've been going. Right. You right. know, as far as like with Andor, yeah. is more adultish and they're getting a little darker. Right. And if they keep that adult kind of perspective on the material and then bring that Peaky Blinders guy in, I think that could be good stuff. Well, whatever it is, that it feels to me like um, the Stephen Knight character is kind of replacing whatever it is the Beinhoff and Weiss guys were going to do. Oh, yeah, from Game of Thrones, right. Yeah. But if there was a, you know, they never tell you if there was a, an actual problem project like we i think right. we speculated you and i did back in the day when those yeah. guys were announced that it could have been a, a knights of the old republic error series Ooh. set as a very adult themed right. that's like the hope and dreams right right and uh maybe that is the case because because kathleen kennedy has said multiple times over the last 10 years that she loves the whole knights of the old republic era and right. really wants to develop it so Right. And and so maybe they ditched those guys after the nosedive that Game of Thrones took and <laughs> right. and, and then replacing them with Pe- the this guy, Peaky Blinders. Because Peaky Blinders, you know, it did, it had dwindled as the show goes on, but not that bad. It's no. still, you know, like even no. the last, you know, they had their season finale, like unfortunate season finale because the actress who played Polly passed away of cancer. And so they had to kind of abbreviate the right. season and all of that but it's still it was a satisfying ending and i liked it but yeah no i think the guy's a good fit if they're going for that more serious thing but if you try to take someone who's whose output has been something like peaky blinders and try to tell them hey right do schmaltzy kids stuff right yeah that's not probably gonna, not going to be a good mixture <laughs> right right and and i feel like with this you know the success of andor is probably also uh, Kathleen Kennedy's kind of warm and fuzzy feelings she'll have saying, okay, maybe we really can do some of these more yeah. adult-themed Star Wars topics and have them be well-received. So, Yeah, I hope so. Fingers crossed it's Knights of the Old Republic. If anybody hasn't seen any of the trailers to the computer game Knights of the Old Republic, you ne- and you're a Star Wars fan, 
<laughs> yeah. You need to immediately get on YouTube and watch them. <laughs> they are some of the best. They're probably about 15 years old at this point, but the yeah, really yeah. high-grade CG uh, computer graphics and some of the coolest the coolest absolutely yeah old you know old republic stuff with darth malik and and uh yeah all those guys right multiple geek gasms waiting for you <laughs> yeah don't say i didn't warn you all right bing bang boom next one please adam mckay yes he is apparently doing a new serial killer movie right and it's called Average Height, Average Build, and uh, he's got an impressive cast. Not that he never he uh, he seems to always have always a really have an good impressive, impressive yeah. cast, but he's got uh, Robert Pattinson, mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr., Forrest mm-hmm. Whitaker, and Amy Adams. Right, right. And he's worked with Amy Adams a few times already. So yeah, right. And um, I wonder if this is. I mean, even though he has kind of you know him and will ferrell uh, famously have separated and gone their right. separate ways and you know i think adam's tending to lean more towards these more political driven stuff that he's right. done lately and it's been very successful he's obviously good at it but there's always a tongue-in-cheek yeah kind of aspect to it so i wonder if this is going to be like mildly funny too like even right. uh, even le- uh, uh, in the latest one with the about the lakers on hbo oh right yeah winning time on uh, hbo it's a great series really good where they're breaking the fourth wall and talking to the camera like they did very much so in the first one uh, about the, the big short big short you know? yeah yeah and he has a way with the big short or that winning time show like we were talking about or with cheney grabbing these really in some cases kind of dark subject matter and being able to put his sharp tongue satirical humor on top of that and i don't see him taking on this serial killer movie just to do a serious serial killer movie it's gonna have that edge that he gives to it that satirical comedy edge to it or why bother doing it you know what what is he lending to it yeah yeah it sounds kind of exciting yeah yeah I mean, as much as I love this shit, that topic anyway. Yeah, yeah, me too. And true crime is such a billion-dollar industry now anyway. So <laughs> right, right, right. Why not get a new perspective on it? And why not see uh, our, our most recent favorite Batman playing a serial killer? Yeah. So, super sad news for me. Maybe I don't. Maybe partially for you because yeah, you're a, yeah, for me, yeah. I know but, more from one thing. You know more from something else. Yeah, well, from all bo- multiple things. I know right. from multiple things, and um, obviously, the, everybody's heard by now. The actor uh, Lance Reddick passed away really young. He's like sixty years old, and he's in really good shape too. Yeah, yeah. So it was really shocking to hear that, and um, yeah, it's funny too, because I just barely convinced my wife to actually start watching the wire <laughs> oh, really? uh, last week and we've been watching we, we, we finished the first season nice. of the wire and and um he's so fucking good in it and he's 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 amazing another one afterwards we tried to watch another one he's in and that's bosch from amazon and uh i we got about 20 minutes into it and he showed up <laughs> enough but it there's something about it just didn't sit right with me it seemed really hokey right he's obviously very famously the he's the head concierge right uh, to the continental in the john wick series too right and that's where i know him best from is john wick i did attempt to watch the uh first season of um the wire yeah, and right. uh, it it's got great acting. It just unfortunately couldn't hold my interest for too long. I kept getting spaced out here and there. But that man has such an amazing presence. Yeah, yes. You he know, very he's not much... in a lot of the first movie. He no, builds the character builds throughout. The Even movie. the little bits that he's in, there's he's you're so... looking at him. You right. can't not look at him. Right. Yeah, his presence demands attention and that's amazing for uh, an actor to have and he had it for sure right but yeah i remember reading that he had passed away and being very sad about it especially it having transpired a week before john wick had come out right part four i mean you would think ian mcshane would be long dead before this guy (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean that guy is the same age i know everything in, in, in the last like 18 years in every project <laughs> yeah he looks exactly the same i know 
but that's the same could be said about Lance Reddick. I mean, you look. I just yeah. watch him in The Wire, and you watch him. I watched. I rewatched John Wick three about uh, three four months ago, and they, okay. he doesn't look. He looks exactly the same. Right. He hasn't yeah. aged at all. And yeah. just to hear, I think it was a heart thing. We just right. Yeah, it was really sad. Yeah, it's a real bummer, man. Especially coming right before John Wick opens, because that was the movie that I've been really looking forward to. And then to hear that news on top of it, it was like, oh man. I'm a fan of the podcast. How did this get made? I've mentioned that a few times. And Paul Shear was talking about him this week, saying that uh, they worked together a lot in the comedy stuff in recent years. He said that he was a great dude and genuinely hilarious and wow he knew he had been kind of typecasted as the angry cop kind of thing and all right. on all these serious movies so he had done a lot of stuff like with these ucb guys and funnier die stuff right. to kind of help break a lot of that and um it was interesting to hear and you know i i don't think i've i think i've i might have seen a clip or two of him and been like hey it's uh Right, Lieutenant right, right. Uh, Daniels from The Wire, <laughs> you know, and he's being funny, but um, right. yeah, so it was interesting to hear that perspective of it too, just to know that he had a really good sense of humor and, and right. didn't take life too seriously. Yeah, no, he just seems like a good guy, and also, you know, with the success of all of the John Wick movies, they were gonna do this spinoff uh, show right. about the um, the Continental, right? Right, right, yeah, and. Uh, for a while, I don't know if it's still the thing, but they were talking about it being kind of a prequel to the movies. Yeah. And I was hoping, there was hope there that he was going to be a part of that because he has such a strong presence. He, he has such strength in his character without him saying or doing much in that film. I just love his part in that film. And so I was very hopeful that he was going to be a part of that for uh, maybe even just a tiny bit just to see him. Yeah. Yeah, especially I think it's in that third one. Oh where yeah, they, he, yeah. They're they're defending the hotel and and he's kicking some ass. Oh you yeah, know? he's excellent. Yeah. in that I love him. He does that. He does that African accent like so well too. Yeah, you, you, yeah. I mean, if you hadn't seen him in anything else, you probably would have thought he was like a right. native-born African guy. But no, right. no, he's just putting that accent on. But, yeah, um, no, he's just so great and it's such a loss. Transmissions from the Forbidden Planet bids you a rest in peace, Mister Redrick. Shouldn't have. Happened. And it sucks. Hey there, folks. We just wanted to let you know in case you wanted to reach out and have any questions for us or even wanted to answer some of the questions that we've posed to each other during the show, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at, at TFTFP Podcast. Yes. Sometimes you might want to use Twitter instead. Yes. And, it, and if that's the case, mm-hmm. you go to uh, the address there. It's a little different. It's podcast TFTFP. Hey, if you want to send us a shiny old email, you can do that at TFTFPpodcast at gmail.com. That is beyond the truth, my friend. Mm. And do us all a favor and like, subscribe, and review us because it helps us out. All right, and the final headline today is uh, two of our uh, film heroes are riding off into the sunset. Two world-famous directors. Yep. Both have done some acting. One has done a lot more acting than the other. But, yeah, one's um, a little better than the other one. <laughs> as far as the acting goes, right? Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, both Clint Eastwood has announced he's going to do his final directing job. Right, called Juror Number Three. Yeah, and and Quentin Tarantino also finally announced his long talked about tenth and final movie. Too. Right. Yeah, called the Movie Critic. The Movie Critic. Right. Yeah. And apparently there was a lot of speculation going around that uh, the Tarantino's the Movie Critic was going to be based on uh, Pauline Kael. Which right. Is, he's come out and said no, that's not correct. Right. So. Uh, but it is a female movie critic. It is a female movie critic set uh, in the '70s Hollywood. And he's he's been known to highly highly tout Pauline Kael as one of yeah. the greatest movie critics of all time. Yeah. So I guess that's why a lot of people were putting that right. together. It made sense yeah, yeah. to to speculate that. Yeah, it's not it's not baseless by any means, but right. uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, he's come out and kind of corrected that. And then you know Clint 
Uh, he's he's 170 he's... years old now. <laughs> I can't believe he's even got one more in him. No, he's like he's what 94? 93. 93. Okay. He's 93. I'm glad to see him doing one more after that last one he did because he starred and directed in one like three years ago. Cry Macho. Yeah, Cry Macho, which wasn't great. And I, I didn't it, see that one. It, it yeah. I saw the Mule. Which was the one before that? Yeah, that one and was good. I was kind of fun. It was yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I, I came away with that thinking I can't believe he pulled that off. Yeah, <laughs> no. Uh, but Cry Mancho, unfortunately, was one that I just think. It, well, what I read was Cry Mancho was originally supposed to star Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh wow! And uh, then at the last minute, Arnold backed out, and Clint stepped in and said, "Ah, what the fuck? I'll do it," kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, that movie star ego, I'm imagining, kind of took over because there's a part in the film where Clint Eastwood, 90, probably one year old (laughs) Clint Eastwood, is uh, being propositioned to take on this job by this very attractive, probably barely mid 40s Hispanic woman, very attractive, and so she offers him this job, and then also starts like, "Ooh, how about you and I get on them?" Yeah, and, yeah. This doesn't feel right. No, yeah, it feels like it's a little gross. Right. And um, I mean, there was there is a little bit of that in the Mule as well. Yeah, and, yeah, but but there's a scene in the Mule where he's he that's happening. He's paying sex workers. Right, right. That right. makes sense to me. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, this yeah. woman, like, ooh, by the way, before you leave, Clint is like, no, no. Yeah, that's not real. Yeah, and so uh, to see him do something, you know, because he's a great director, and to see oh, yeah. him get back behind the camera, you know, not that I don't I think he he can pull off a, playing a part anymore. It's just that, I, you know, that t- that time might be past, past him where he yeah. can direct and act kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But to see him come back and to do at least one more. Right. And really go out on a good note because Cry Mancho, in my opinion, is just, it was it just wasn't that wasn't great of a script. Good, even. Yeah, you want him to go out a little more on top because the one yeah. he did, the one he did before that about the uh, yeah. uh, Olympics, the Olympic bombing. Oh, was, right, yeah, yeah, Richard Jewell, yeah, o- Olympic bomber and all that. That was great. That was a really that good was movie. great. I, yeah, if that would have been his last one, and he said <laughs> yeah. that's it. Yeah, you went out on top, buddy. Right. Because he had great actors in that. Yeah. Uh, and you know, of course, our our boy is, is Sam Rockwell. That. Yeah, yeah, he's so fucking good in everything he ever did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even that guy from Itania and all that—that that guy's right. funny as oh. hell in that. Yeah, the guy, yeah. the guy that played uh, Richard Jewell, I think Paul Hauser is his name, and he's great. He's a great talent. But right. But uh, yeah, that would have been a good one to go out on. But his next one, Juror Number Three, sounds like it could be good. He's got a good cast going on. I, heard, I read that Nicholas Holt. Right. He's right. in it, and he's a great. He's a great actor. And then as for Quentin, he's got what it takes to to say ten and done. Yeah. But I I can see in like ten years him kind of getting an itch again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. see. You know what I mean? He, he's calling this his final film because I think he does—he doesn't want to do like a, a cry macho situation right. where he's. I think all nine of his movies have been relatively pretty freaking successful. Right. And um, I think he's trying to not screw that up. Oh you know? yeah, no, he's precious about that, and he should be. And I admire him for that. And and the, 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 as much as you. You know, we all worship the guy and what he's done over the years. He's been yeah. a big part of our lives, right? Yeah, totally. I don't, I don't want to watch. I don't want to see him go no. off the deep end either. You know I what I mean? I don't want to see him do a dud. <laughs> yeah. But uh, th- there's a funny story that uh, Kevin Smith, who is very good friends with uh, Quentin Tarantino, in case no one knows that. Mm-hmm. Well, Kevin Smith basically said that during the time uh, right after Grindhouse with that film that uh, Quentin did for that film, uh, Death Proof, right, that comes right. out, doesn't do all that well. And uh, it took Kevin Smith a while to end up seeing Grindhouse. And when he finally saw Death Proof in that film, he called Quentin Tarantino up and said, man, I just saw Grindhouse. Death Proof is amazing, man. And Quentin Tarantino was kind of rushing him and saying, yeah, yeah, well, thank you very much. 
I, I have to get on a plane though. I have to. I'm flying to Germany. And Kevin Smith was like, "Why are you flying to Germany?" And Quentin Tarantino was like, "Well, you know, Grindhouse came out, didn't do good. People are kind of giving me shit. The the movie Death Proof isn't that good. So I'm flying to Germany right now to scout locations for my next movie because I still got to show my fans I can still fuck." <laughs> <laughs> and he was going to scout locations for Inglorious Bastards. That's well. Let's talk about that real quick. Death Proof. That movie's cool. Why? I know. I don't, why do people not like it? I don't understand. Was it the the Grindhouse concept that most people saw it as the double feature and it was missing a reel? Yeah. I Part think, of the. I think what killed that movie was that it was a it was a three and a half hour movie and people got Planet Terror up front by Robert yeah. Rodriguez, and which was you, okay but not great. Yeah, and 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 it's. Straight out gore fest, mm-hmm. blood, mm-hmm. everything you'd expect. Zombies are in it, and you know, all of that stuff, and it's cheesy jokes and stuff, just like all those eighty films were filled with. Right, right. So by the time you get through that hour and a half and the fake trailers and stuff, and then you get to Death Proof, Tarantino's take on the horror film is more slow burn, mm-hmm. and it takes a while to get to those death scenes and everything. So I think people got bored with it because they'd already seen this whole hour and a half, and so that it gets dogged, I think, because of what it's attached to, not necessarily people are talking about it, about what it really is. Well, and let's tack on to that, because in the theatrical release, like you said, it was three and a half hours long. Right. There's a whole gimmick to it that yeah. probably younger audiences didn't get, which they're no. trying to recreate like the 70s double feature thing. And part of the gimmick so that it didn't run a full four hours was that each movie was missing a reel. Right. And so like the story jump cut right. and they say reel missing and all. Maybe, I don't know, maybe people just didn't get that. I thought it was clever and cool. Right. I think it definitely appealed to a particular audience for sure. Just um, us. <laughs> right. Film dorks like you and me <laughs> right um but what killed i think the movie also is that uh, both robert rodriguez and quentin tarantino mm-hmm. they they spent a little bit too much money on each film okay and the budget was just like 70 80 million dollars uh, and so right right i just think they shouldn't have opened it in easter and the release wasn't handled well yeah marketing was great on that film though it was awesome well Whatever, I think it's cool. Maybe that will be like his one Kubrick type film where it finds right. an audience 10 years down. I mean, I guess it is 10 years down the road, but right. m- maybe 20 years down the road or whatever. Right. But I, uh, as far as his movies go, I thought it was fucking cool. Yeah, I, 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 fuck, it's got, it's got Kurt, Kurt Russell, Russell in it. That's my it. boy. Yeah, I know. And cars, dude. You know me. Yeah, you know? that's muscle, your boy. <laughs> muscle cars. <laughs> All kinds of muscle cars. They even have the, uh, you know, the white Challenger you know coming from the uh, Vanishing Point movie and all that stuff right Kowalski thing which is so fucking cool right right so okay yeah I mean you know we'll see how it goes and is it really going to be his last movie but there's a good chance it is and maybe it should be or he might maybe he'll do things like you know he had talked about like doing Star Trek stuff or something like that you know yeah yeah no he he said that he he's gonna write novels he's gonna experiment with plays and stuff and then he said that he's also gonna do limited series for for Netflix and streaming and and stuff like that right yeah so we'll still get output from him just not like a Quentin Tarantino film right right So for our topical discussion this week, we kind of wanted to bounce off of what we just talked about. Two of our heroes in filmmaking kind of riding off into the sunset. Tim and I are at the age now where we're starting to see more and more people that we grew up with and had become some of our heroes are starting to go away now. You know, it's interesting to think, too, you know, there's, it seems like all of a sudden there's um, a lot of stuff about Steven Spielberg in right. the news lately like that big interview he had with Stephen Colbert and they talked right, yeah. a lot about stuff uh, uh, and uh, see, that's another guy who's you know at the you know the twilight of his career and this yeah. is a guy who basically defined yours and my yeah. movie watching life <laughs> right <laughs> you know we are where we are with the blockbusters today because of this man yeah right but he's also not just in directing 
but things he's produced has kind of enraptured our lives yeah. as well too you know he's got the gremlins and the back to the futures and the yeah. you know all of these things that he's he's had transformers his <laughs> not that not that except not for that. transformers that yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> but poltergeist and yeah stuff poltergeist like that, you know? right yeah he has his hand in all of these things even though it was a uh, I'm sure a career misstep. He's look. He looks at it. I remember growing up and finding it quite fondly. The Twilight Zone movie and oh, and you know, yeah, he, right, yeah. yeah. Even even I remember even really liking Always. Yeah, I liked Always. You know, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and all right. of it. He's the only guy that has made it so big that he can go to Warner Brothers and he can go to Disney and right, say, right. "We're gonna we're doing Roger Rabbit. I want Bugs Bunny and yeah. Mickey Mouse in the same frame." Right, right. You know, and both of the companies say, "Yeah, we'll do that because right. you're Steven Spielberg." <laughs> well, and you know, you know, as we were talking about comedies in our last one, uh, his famous flop is 1941, and right. I re I remember being probably a nine or ten year old when that was uh, kind of like the other movie we were just yeah. talking about it was on loop, in yeah. uh, on HBO, and I watched it all the time. You know, yep. mainly because John Belushi was in it and Dan right. Aykroyd was in it, and. Uh, you know, it may not have been hilarious, but I still, right. it was still a part of my life, you know? Yeah, right? yeah, me too. Yeah, because that came into my life right around the time I started realizing, oh, those are old, oh, the older people that used to host Saturday Night Live back yeah, in the day. And right. what is Blues Brothers? And right. oh, that's the guys from Blues Brothers in this war movie kind of mm -hmm. thing, yeah. Yeah, and I remember watching it a lot and, and cracking up about it, even though there's a lot of really adult things going on yeah, <laughs> in those yeah. movies. Yeah. And Dan Aykroyd freaking out. The guy with the ventriloquist dummy and the Ferris wheel. That right, always, right. That, it cracked me up. I thought it was yeah. funny. <laughs> that yeah, and yeah. also the, uh, the picking, you know, they did the whole Jaws thing, you know, and the submarine right. picks up the naked girl and uh, <laughs> right. the Japanese dude's all, Hollywood! And he was <laughs> looking at her butt, you know? I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> John Belushi lands his plane in the middle, you know, at a con in a desert right. street and stops at the convenience store and gets a beer or whatever yeah 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 it's it, you know i mean it's it's funny to think about you know <laughs> us reaching this age that kind of keeps coming up on these hollywood hollow blues where times are changing and everything's different and we're going through right. obviously a big media change with social media and with streaming and all of that right. stuff and yeah and i mean it's all, all basically all we're talking about right now is uh, us aging and all the changes going on but going back to what you were saying about spielberg a guy linked to spielberg his whole career basically is another guy that's littered our life with all kinds of memories like john williams is who i'm talking about yeah. the composer who did almost all of steven spielberg's movies right but he gave us themes to like for you star wars and me and then for me especially superman and raiders of the lost ark right yeah. yeah indiana jones theme exactly that's stuff that's staying with us it's still relevant today because we got another movie coming out this year and so uh, jurassic park <laughs> right and yeah and he's officially retired too right and his last thing he he just finished was the newest and last indiana jones movie. right so right you know, he's going out on one that he made huge and popular and everything. So that's another one. I mean, I, he's not a director, but Harrison Ford, you know, I we right. just started watching uh, Shrinking on uh, Apple TV Plus, which is him and Jason Siegel as uh, right. psychiatrists. And, you know, he it's crazy. He's 80 something or whatever, early 80s or yeah. 80. And he's he, from the front. He looks so good for his age. He looks so right. good. He, as soon as you turn around, he's got those spindly little old man legs and no butt, you know, right. and you're like, oh, my God, he's like a walking skeleton. Right. And, I, right. and I can't help but, you know, it's funny is we, um, we were just up at my in-law's house uh, last weekend and they were showing their little uh, six-year-old uh, son, my nephew, uh, Star Wars for the first time. And right. my sister-in-law was talking about Harrison Ford and I'm like, he's so young in that. And I'm like... I'm like, that dude was a hunk, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, he was a total hunk. And I'm like, <laughs> it's so weird to see him now, just so old. And right. he's obviously that man played a huge part of, he, you know, those, oh, those yeah. two characters, especially yeah. Indiana Jones and Han Solo are everything I ever wanted to be as a little the boy. Coolest, yeah. <laughs> two of the coolest fucking characters in, ever. In ho yeah, Hollywood history. But yeah. uh, well, I mean that can be challenged. But <laughs> I had I had before Indiana Jones and Han Solo, my heroes were Superman and Batman. Right, right. And then they got and they're both regular guys, and I'm just like, 
those guys are freaking yeah, awesome. Right. They're tangible too, in a way. And that's and that's the thing, like talking about Harrison Ford, he was in an interview recently and they were talking about how he's doing this uh, Indiana Jones and of course this will be his last one. But they were talking about, so do you think you're hitting that age where you're going to probably start wrapping up and, and call it? And he's just like, no, I'll work until I die. I'm an actor. He's <laughs> yeah. just like, I, I'll work until I die. He's just like, I, I would think, I would find it a personal insult if I were outside of my career seeing I've made it to a stature that everyone hopes they could get to. And he's like, and I'm at a stature that to give that up. Right. Be, you know, he's just like I, if they're still willing to hire me then I want to work and it's <laughs> it's it's interesting too to think about when you have you can you know he's a great actor no other he's yeah. he's a genuinely good actor if you've seen him outside yeah. of these these big franchise yeah. movies he's done some great work regarding regarding Henry, Henry yeah. yeah and, and like uh, the, the, the witness and all of that yeah, yeah. right so um, it's interesting that to hear him say that, and then you have another legendary actor like Gene Hackman, who's like, "Nope, right. I'm at," a, or Jack Nicholson, who's like, "I'm at a certain yep. age, fuck it, I'm done. I don't, you know, I don't want people to see yep. me like this." You know, right. it's weird the two perspectives. Right. Yeah, and I, that's my whole point about this little tangent we've been on is we are finally experiencing that age where our heroes, the people we grew up with from the industry, is uh, is aging out. It's kind of like uh, I guess the, there, there was a generation of these types of movie stars uh right in the 70s that this would have affected our parents in a way like your gregory pecks yeah. and your john waynes and all those that yeah. you know, jimmy stewart's and all that stuff and i feel like we're going through that you know the new yeah. the new hollywood guys that are a part of our childhood and our upbringing and all that right. stuff that are retiring or aging out and all that stuff and now it's like the 70s all over again in that way right you know? yeah i remember vividly uh, back when uh, I was a young boy and watching TV with my mom and Jimmy Stewart coming on some show in the mid 80s mm -hmm. and doing an interview and uh, my mom was sitting next to me watching it and just saying oh he looks so old <laughs> right right and being a little kid being like who cares he's an old man of course he looks old you know right not really having that emotional connection right and here we are right, 40 right. years later yeah. saying the same shit <laughs> right. about harrison ford and and uh, right. uh clint eastwood and all that yeah right no. and it's just it's crazy to me because in part of my brain i still live where quentin tarantino just did pulp fiction right 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 you know He's the, yeah. the new kid on the block, right? The, the thing that also just hit me, too, because, like I said, I think I've said on a previous show that I have a comfort food yeah. shows and movies and stuff, and one of my comfort food shows is Seinfeld, and I just realized the other day that it came up, he's in his 70s now. Right, And that right. freaked me out. <laughs> right, because you see him as that young, yeah. virile guy in the 90s, and he's in his 30s, you know? Right. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. He's frozen in time. Those frozen in time things happen. Right. And he's, yeah. he still looks really good because he's a gabillionaire right. <laughs> for his age, you know. Right, right. Well, the other one, too, is Tom Hanks. You know, yeah. you see him in this new Wes Anderson trailer. He's gray-haired. Yeah. He kind of has yeah. that Sully look without trying to look like Sully. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. just naturally looking like that now. Right. And you're like, oh, fuck, I remember him in Mazes and Monsters, you know. Right. Back in <laughs> and That's bosom my bosom buddies. buddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's so old, my bosom buddy. Right, yeah, but. I mean, yeah, Tom Hanks. I love him. And if he ever retires, I will be crushed. <laughs> it's like uh, Kurt Russell. He's retired now. And that's my boy. I love seeing Kurt Russell. But I get it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I wonder, too, what does this, what does this sound like to an audience, you know, you and I talking? Because of what you were saying about your mom and, mom, and, yeah. and, and, you know, and, and having that perspective. People are going to listen to this and they think, oh, who are these curmudgeon old guys you'll get there soon someday you little bastards i'm sure they're probably thinking how are these extremely old guys operating the machinery required to record this podcast <laughs> wait till timothy chalamet retires <laughs> or jenna ortega is in her 80s doing wednesday part nine <laughs> by that time she'll be sunday <laughs> that's a that's a dad joke <laughs> yeah i'm a dad i can say i'm now <laughs> okay good for you but uh, anyway it's yeah uh, it's 
It's strange. Yeah. It's strange to think about it's it. It's weird getting old because before you notice little things that actors are passing away, but they're passing away because of drugs yeah. or something right. like that. And then all of a sudden, they're, they're like, why did they die? Mm-hmm. And then you look, oh, wow, they're that old? Even even Norm MacDonald recently was like, oh, oh. that was a punch in the yeah, gut. Yeah, that was awful. That was a, that was a rough one. <laughs> but and it's also weird too how they just aging has changed. Yeah, you know, you know totally. <laughs> because you think of certain actors like like an Ernest Borgnine and all that stuff. You know, <laughs> even when he in the '60s he looked like he was 60. <laughs> you know, and then you know, in the, when he was 90 he looked like he was five years older. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, I think it's all that masturbation <laughs> that uh, right. <laughs> Jason According Bateman to- talks about. Yeah, right. If if you don't know what we're talking about, it's out there in the web verse. Just go look it up, people. Anyway, to sum up this little topic that we're on here, uh, the old age thing hadn't really hit me in the past so much. Only in like the 20th and 30th anniversary of certain movies that came out that I saw in the theaters as a kid, and that really hits you. Yeah, we we had mentioned that in the past Hollywood Hollow Blue. Right, right. So if you're younger and you're listening to us and you're thinking, wow, these guys are really old, it's going to happen to you too, so shut up. And if you're our age, isn't that strange? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with us? But it's funny. It's cause like I just saw this little, um, on my Instagram, like this car thing where it was like a life-size Porsche 917 race car from the early 70s. It was a gorgeous car. And you flip up the side of it and underneath is like this little uh, slot car race car track and all the little models and stuff. <laughs> I, I sent it to my, I sent it to one of my buddies, my buddy Fred, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm 50 or 10 because I want this now. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was a weird kind of like dealing with how old I actually am. You know? Yeah. Well, we're talking about uh, physical age versus mental age because <laughs> yeah, <right>. guys, we're <laughs> right, mature. Yeah, right. But uh, I'm the same way. I still go to the toy aisles every time I go to a store. Yeah, right, right. Which is definitely something our parents didn't do when no. they were in their no. 50s or 40s. They're not like, I wonder if they have that Jerry Lewis action figure that I've been <laughs> looking for. <laughs> right, yeah. Where you could like look through his eye and it will magnify. <laughs> like Eagle Steve eye Austin. version of yeah. Jerry Lewis, yay. <laughs> Cinderfella. (laughs) (laughs) What are we watching? What are you watching, Tim? (laughs) Damn it, you beat me to it. Um, Well, like I said, we were kind of rewatching The Wire, and uh, but that's not new. Um, It doesn't have to be new. Well, my, my wife and I were kind of running out of new sh- shit to watch, so we got on to The Americans with... Uh, Great show. Um, yeah, Felicity and... Carrie Russell. Felicity and Perry Mason. <laughs> 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 and yeah, what a fucking cool show. And uh, it's weird. I, uh, I had never seen it. I missed the boat on it. It right. ran from like 13 to 18. Right. And, um, you know, so even when we finished it and we loved it so much, we were like, well, what else can we find that we haven't seen before? And we went through a list. Right. Several lists, like five or six different lists, like Binsworthy TV. That didn't come up on any of them. Nobody's talking about that show. It's a great show. Yeah. It's so good. If anybody wants to watch it, I think we watched it on Hulu. (laughs) If anyone wants to watch it, come on over. We'll uh, make some popcorn. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll get you you some rock candy and some... (laughs) Sit down, Ty. I'm right here. Yeah, I'm so old. <laughs> but um, so we watched that, and then that kind of led us into uh, pushing my wife to watch The Wire. She had never seen it before. She does think it's slow paced. So a lot of it's just, it's not for everybody. Like you said, right, you right. can't you can't handle it because right. it's kind of slow paced and it's can be sleepy at times. Amazing acting, though. Yeah, yeah, and just really cool, like, um, for me, anyway, just kind of seeing why police work doesn't really work. <laughs> right, right. And that, that's kind of what that show does. And it also, I think it highlights, you know, okay, common street thugs are kind of idiots. Right. But the guys that they, they work for are they're geniuses. They're very smart people. Mm-hmm. They may not have an education. They just have natural intelligence to right. be able to run these empires that, you know. Right. And, and and I don't think a lot of shows or 
movies or whatever necessarily talk about that much and and this was kind of cool you know right about that show and just why the city's every city's fucked up anyway of course you know the last of us finished up we were talking yep. about that over the last few things and um i really really liked it me too i think that they nailed that landing they did a really great job they steered yeah. clear of all the stuff i was hoping that they would steer steer clear of and did a really awesome season very well yeah. balanced between everything it should have been not clinging too much to one outside character always staying mm-hmm. very centered to the main characters but branching out enough to get you involved in the side characters and then wrapping up those stories very neatly to get back to where where we belong right i guess i i am watching the new season of mandalorian so right. and you're gonna wait till it all airs so you can binge it right right yeah all of it together um i would say I'm enjoying it. It is, you know, starting to show a little bit of the cracks, I think. But I know enough stuff about the extended world and all the other shit that I'm not lost like some of the complainers are. I guess there's some people who are saying they're pulling from these pieces of Star Wars universe stuff that they don't know what they're talking about. I don't know what's happening. I know what it's happening. So it doesn't uh, bother me whatsoever. So I'm very happy. Yeah, you're where I am usually in comic book movies where people are just like, why'd they put that in? And And I'm just like, you just don't fucking get it because that's comic (laughs) book shit. Right, right, right. And um, they are starting to do the retcon work for the sequel trilogy. They're they're starting to set it up as to Ah. help you know that's what Dave Filoni's good at. <laughs> right. He, he he did it for the. We'll we'll be talking about this soon, but he did it with the Clone Wars trilo- uh, cartoon. You know, which helped fix the right. prequel trilogy that everybody had trouble with. So I don't know if they're going to be able to fix <laughs> the sequel trilogy to 100. percent But you can tell they're setting up um, stuff here and there, plotting and and uh, right. that helps gives backstory to what a mess that sequel trilogy is. Right. Right. Well, I, I'll tell you this, if. Filoni ends up fixing that stuff. Yeah. Then I say give that guy whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, I think that one might be over his his ability. But I, uh, well, I, but yeah. let's you never know. You yep. never know. I won't put anything past him because he's a, he's obviously a very talented guy who knows his shit, right, especially right. in that Star Wars uh, universe. So. Well, yeah, he's understudied under yep. George Lucas for uh, five six years. He's you know the new I mean? George Lucas. Yeah, totally. As far totally. as like the running that stuff and knowing yeah. where everything belongs, he, that guy is the new George Lucas. I say exactly. kick out Kathleen and put that motherfucker involved. Right. And I also am about three quarters of the way into uh, season nine of Alone, uh, which is up in Labrador. You and I have talked about Alone quite the a bit. The dog? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen a Labrador? <laughs> then shit it. <laughs> yeah, alone. Yeah, great, great show. Great show. Yeah, you, this one. There's not. Um, there's not a whole lot happening. So okay. I, I, I'm not loving this season so much. Um, you know, they make it. They keep talking about. Well, we're so close to the Arctic. There's polar bears there sometimes. Not this winter. There wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Look over there, off camera. There's a polar bear. Growl. Do you hear it? Growl. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm still enjoying it. Yeah, it's a fun show. Okay, so what uh, what do you got going? So, I watched recently the. Uh, I don't know if you got to see it yet, but there's a Netflix uh, documentary on Waco. No. It's no. really good. Okay, great. Really, really good, and a lot of stuff that... Every time they do a documentary or a movie on that thing, I learn more and more about how fucked up that situation was, man. It was just... If it was a perfect storm of fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. The if you could write a fictional thing and try to make as much fucked up shit happen in the wrong way as possible, I don't think you could... If you read it, you'd be like, this is too this fake. Is- yeah, way over the top. Yeah. No one's ever going to buy yeah. it. Right? <laughs> exactly. I, I know. That's and the thing that's so cool about a great true crime story yeah. is it really happened and it seems over the fucking top. Right. Yeah. 
usually when you're watching documentaries like that and you know it's a true crime thing i still go to wikipedia like no that can't <laughs> really right oh yeah i know oh that's we had talked about it in the past like with a lot of the historical stuff right. like with the royalties in in england and i'm like jesus christ those people were like living a, a soap opera day to day i mean granted you're reading it in right. a condensed version but right. It's just like, what a bunch of backstabbing, <laughs> <laughs> conniving jerks those people were. So fucking narcissistic. Another documentary that I partook in on Hulu was one called Jared from Subway Catching a Monster. Oh, my God. Did you see it? Yeah. yeah. You saw the whole thing? Yeah. It's it's awful. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good yeah, yeah, no, it's documentary. A, it's a great documentary, but the it's subject is It's just the is story is so awful. hard to... So hard to deal with. It's, yeah. It, yeah. I, I wasn't as bad as Finding Neverland, but it no. was pretty close. Yeah. For like sure. Finding Neverland, I remember watching Finding Neverland and, and like feeling like I should get up and turn the TV off. <laughs> and I never do that about <laughs> anything ever. Right, right. Right. And I had hints of that with the Jared stuff. Right. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. While watching it, I was just like, uh, and then they had, you know, because there's so much recorded footage. I didn't know about that, that they have Jared on tape saying this stuff. Saying vile things. Yeah. And and, and as the show goes on, it's one of those shows that go on and it just gets worse and worse. Worse and worse. And you're like, oh, man. My stomach. Yeah, that couple that are the guy guy that's working for him and the things you find out about his. Scuzzball, dirtbag. And his wife. And the wife, yeah. She's like having sex with dogs. Oh, God, I know. Spoiler alert. Get a load of that, people. (laughs) Spoiler alert. She's fucking dogs, everybody. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, but the the main subject of the documentary has to go through is just awful. It was a a rough one, yeah. Luckily, you know, it's kind of like the other one we talked about with the St. Lawrence College people. Right. It's a a solid just three episodes, and uh, it's heavy, and you you, got to get through it, and when you get through it, you're like, woo, I need a vacation. Yep. But, you know, if you love true crime, you know, and and I feel like with true crime, it's like they've done so many of the good stories that it's... It's harder and harder to kind of find one that's really compelling. Yeah. And also, I mean, if you love true crime, it, we're also really desensitized. So when they find one. Oh, geez. And yeah. they get you in the gut like that. It's yeah. like, oh, ah, yeah. enough, enough. Oof. And then last but not least, I got to see John Wick Ah, I've been hearing so much good shit about it. Oh, my God. It is good. So I'll just say it right now. Is it the same movie over and over and over again? I concede that. Yes, it is. Yes. Do I give a shit? Fuck no. No. I love these films. (laughs) And this one is just, oh, man. It's so, it's, right now, I would put it down as one of my favorite action franchises. Yeah. Right. With each movie, you know, you're following John and he has a new bad guy. It's like a video game mentality, basically. I got new bad yeah. guy, next level. Right, um, right. But with each movie, you also, like we were talking about with... Oh, Lance Reddick. L- like weaving Lance's character in more and more throughout the sequels and stuff like mm-hmm. that. They also are weaving in the the whole lore of the history of all of the hitman stuff and and more and more comes out more it gets bigger and bigger and then in this one they really explore stuff Donnie Yen in it is so fucking cool and the way that they bring that character in who just could easily be one of those characters and and maybe people who don't like the film are easily going to say that oh this is just one of those Characters they bring in and oh, he's such a badass kind of thing. He's so good, and they give him a really <laughs> good rapport and history, and just it's everything's laid out really well in the film. And the action scenes in this film just keep ramping up and ramping up and ramping up. It's oh man, I might have to go to the theater and see that one. I was having a ball in that. Yeah, movie. I've been hearing from a lot of people that it's the it is the best one of the four. I don't know if I would go as far as saying it's the best, but it delivers. Yes, yeah, it totally delivers. It's not one of these films or these sequels to a film that you really love, and then you go see, and then all of a sudden you're completely let down by it. Like Indiana Jones 4. <laughs> right, right, exactly. In my opinion, it does not drop the ball. That's awesome. 
That's so good to hear. Yeah, and what makes me really love it even more is I just recently read an interview with Keanu Reeves, and he was talking about how with each movie, especially with this one, he he goes through and he takes out more and more lines just to keep the character more silent so it's more mystery to the character. Mm -hmm. And they really do with this one. I think this is the least he spoke in any of the movies. <laughs> so, oh, wow. And I love that because it links back to my love of the Man With No Name movies, right. which is right. what makes that character so mysterious. So there's some definitely some DNA from those Man With No Name uh, trilogy movies in these films, for sure. Yeah, right. It adds that mystique to the character. Right. And that kind of, and the Boba Fett thing. Yeah, yeah, Before yeah. the series. <laughs> just, <you've> <laughs> <laughs> the less he talks, the better. Right. 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 Yeah. And so, yeah. And that's what I've watched. That's it? That is it. You and your children. My child takes my time now. <laughs> yeah, right. You watch that thing grow. <laughs> You're watching your hair, her hair grow. Right, yeah. But she's worth all the watching. <laughs> Well, all right then. I think um, we've come to our monthly the end of our monthly wrap up. It's been a fun one. one. Yeah, they always are. Talking about our age and yeah, <laughs> we gotta stop that. This will be the last time we talk about how old we're getting. Until next time when we forget and we start talking about our age. Again. <laughs> In my day. <laughs> Until next time, we got our regular topical one coming up and then the end of the month here, and we're going to end up that season. And uh, then we're going to take a little two-monther break like normal, and then uh, we'll, we'll be back with an all-new, wonderful season, the best you've ever heard. All right. We better kill it before we kill ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm hitting the button. Hit it. We are in our prince mission.